Welcome, everybody, to the Live from Tomorrow podcast. I am your host, Matt Hooper. Each week, we weave together guest interviews with comedic segments to bring tomorrow vividly to life, offering a bold, humorous perspective on what's next across business, technology, politics, and entertainment. I'd like to kick off today's episode with something wildly exciting, a brief history of software as a service, or SaaS. Okay, maybe not wildly exciting, but this is an industry, or a business model really, that did influence and shape the life and career of somebody with whom I've had the privilege of working closely over the years, Martha Witherspoon. SaaS companies generally make money by licensing software on a subscription basis, which means that Martha was, for years, a seller of software subscriptions to a wide array of businesses. Starting as a junior sales executive fresh out of college, she spent much of the 90s driving across San Mateo, Alameda, and Santa Clara counties, rotating in and out of ever more senior positions at the original Silicon Valley software companies, each of which were confronting a new problem, how to become an internet company. And Martha saw, even then, how the worlds of software and the nascent web were coming together. Which is why I was surprised to receive an email from her last week where she seemed uncertain. Matt, I hope this message finds you safe and healthy. Just a heads up in case you haven't seen it on LinkedIn yet. My post has about 22 likes, one celebrate, and four comments so far, so maybe you have. I am back on the job hunt. There were links to articles she'd written on Medium, a guest contributor piece in Forbes, She was repositioning herself, I could tell, as a SaaS thought leader, which is a phrase that reads like some sort of tech jargon Mad Libs. (laughs) But the parts of her email that jumped out at me specifically... Do you have some time next week for a virtual coffee? Would love to hear what you're up to, see if maybe there are any opportunities for a collab. I helped your podcast. Maybe this is your chance to repay a karmic debt. LOL, laughing, crying face emoji. Also, give me a follow on the TikTok for hot biz tips and sass trends. Well, they didn't quite jibe with the Martha Witherspoon I'd come to know. She was a trailblazer, really, realizing back at the turn of the century that the future of software was going to be accessed via web browser, just like so much of the rest of our lives. From standard office software to payroll processing software, if you were serious about selling software to businesses, You needed to think about the coming transformation, and from what I came to learn about Martha, she was thinking hard about this problem back in 98, 99, back when Mark Benioff, the founder of Salesforce, was also thinking about it. We set up that uh, virtual coffee after all, and that's when I learned how close she'd come, really, to shaking up the whole of Silicon Valley and the whole of the business world beyond. In 2006, Martha was on a flight from JFK to SFO. Her fiancé lived in New York, but she was still working in Palo Alto. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our cruising altitude of 37,000 feet. You are now free to move around the cabin. Sorry, may I? um... And that's when she met Kip. Uh Uh-huh. Ah, I didn't mean to wake you. I I just need to use the restroom. Oh, Oh, of course. Sorry, here. Let me stand up. She had the aisle seat, he had the middle, and when he returned from the bathroom, she couldn't help but notice the report he was reading. Thank you. Uh, Coming through again. (laughs) No no worries. Are you... I I don't want to be presumptuous, but I see you're reading an Amazon press release. You're right. You're being very presumptuous. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. Oh, I I had no idea I was that good an actor. Oh. <laughs> no, no, please uh, ask away. I'm I am reading the Amazon press release. It's well, maybe you can explain this to me. <laughs> They're doing something with clouds now. You're not in the industry, I take it. No clouds. I get it. Like out the window right now. His jokes were corny. I mean, they weren't jokes even, but he was. She couldn't quite place it. Light, maybe? Easy going. And soon enough, he was explaining to her that he was a journalist. I mean, I know what digital folks like you think, but the sky isn't falling. Okay, weekly magazines are a time-tested format, and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Who wrote about tech and business. Trust the market. If I've learned one thing on this job, this is a stable economy, Martha, built to last. Also, the Zune... Watch out, Apple. That's all I'm saying. That is an iPod killer. But who was still confused about this whole cloud business? Amazon sold books. Now they're, what, gonna sell the world? Mark my words. This is the biggest year they'll ever have. The peak of their rise before the precipitous fall. It's 2006. But Martha enjoyed the conversation. They ordered two glasses of fairly tasteless wine, made sure not to wake their sleeping seatmate at the window, and... Somewhere over central Nebraska, Martha started to explain why Amazon's announcement was so important. The EC2 stands for the Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud, and it allows people to rent these, like, virtual computers for the applications they're building. That might be the easiest way to think about the product. But the need is what makes it so exciting. Historically, you've never been able to use a service, a scalable web-based service, no less, for all kinds of processing power. Sometimes you need just enough processing power to experiment, and sometimes you need more than you ever anticipated. But it's expensive and unrealistic to think that there's any hardware solution for your every need. (laughs) Okay, I just want to say, you're talking about the back end of the internet with the same intensity some of my colleagues use to describe a nuclear arms treaty. The back end of the internet is as important as a nuclear arms treaty. As more of our work is completed online, do you think you're going to just have some on-premises server and an IT guy to call? No! (sighs) I honestly don't think about it. You're not. Not if you want to be in the business of growing, of expanding, of... Ultimately, if you look at companies like MySpace, or better yet, Facebook... The college website? You'll see that more and more of the leading businesses will require a very different relationship to processing power than what we're familiar with. I mean, how many times have you read a site crashed or we're too busy, come back later message while you're surfing the web or spoken with a technical manager at a small business who's just staring helplessly at a big server sat on the floor, having paid too much for it and not getting nearly enough use out of it. Do you spend a lot of time talking to those managers? I, <laughs> I do. Those managers are our customers. It's obviously not just about the technology, though. If big companies want to adapt, it's all about strategy, coupled with the right tools. I know it sounds simple, but... She fell silent. She wondered if she should really say it, if she should share this with a stranger. And then she blinked hard, breathed deep, and... I've got this theory. The next 10, 15 years of business are all going to be about continuity, connection, collaboration. Continuity, connection, collaboration. I like it. I'm actually, uh, I'm giving a presentation next month to a group of IT professionals at the Infunstructure Conference. Martha assumed that based on the silly conference name and her escalating passion for the details of the burgeoning cloud computing industry, Kip might begin to laugh at her. 
but he didn't. He nodded enthusiastically, smiled, and asked her more questions like, Why don't you start your own business? And, Knowing as much as you do, do you really think that all your customers are going to get on board with this whole move to the cloud thing so quickly? And Martha explained that she knew it would take a long time, but that smart business leaders would have to adapt or die. And while she started the business once, Oh, a long time ago. Ten years ago. It's not... It's not for me. She would be lying if she didn't think that her post-startup experience, her years at a wide array of software companies poised to transform the young century, made her think that she could build something of her own. Something that would transform the ASP, or Application Service Provider Industry, which was what this industry was called pre-SAS. I like my job. The paycheck is steady, I get to meet interesting people, I can travel. Ah, yes, the fiancé in New York. Martha wondered then if the stability, the very much not founder role she played at her company, and yes, even the fiancé in New York, Linus Weldrew, DDS, were all they were cracked up to be. She would be 40 soon, well, in a few years. But still, a few years was soon, scarily soon. Maybe it was Kip's confidence, despite not really knowing, well, anything. Probably it was the glass of tasteless wine and the way that being so high up in the air makes you want to cry or sing or both. Whatever it was, Martha wondered if, when she landed in San Francisco, she needed to explode her entire life. But that's the sort of thing you only think on a plane. Because when she said goodbye to Kip at baggage claim and took a cab back to her apartment, the one thing she could think to do was rearrange the presentation slides in her head again in preparation for next month's infrastructure conference. She was focused, passionate, face forward to the future. She was dreaming about the radical change that would soon overtake the business world and repeating to herself, Continuity. Connection. Collaboration. Five weeks later, mere minutes before she was set to get on stage and present, she studied the notes on her index cards and realized, proudly, that she wouldn't ever have to explode her life. The name of the game was transformation, not destruction. Much like the move from ASP to SaaS, or from traditional servers to the cloud, the work lay in bringing people on board to something, and slowly converting them, and drawing their attention to the possibilities of change. And if she was able to reach even one IT manager here at the Infrastructure Conference, she had succeeded. Charlie, that's what I'm saying. That's why I call my presentation the three C's. Continuity, connection, collaboration. When she first heard her own presentation's title coming from someone else's voice, she wondered if she was being punked. Remember, this was 2006, that reference makes sense. Until she turned to see Kip chatting with two older gentlemen in well-cut suits. Ultimately, if you look at companies like MySpace, or better yet, Facebook, you'll see that more and more of the leading businesses will require a very different relationship to processing power than we're familiar with. The two older gentlemen hung on Kip's every word, laughing and nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> yes! Money! Money, money! Money, money? But neither of them knew that these words didn't belong to Kip. That Kip's whole spiel was stolen from Martha. I'll email you my slides for sure. And happy to come by your office for a consultation. So happy you enjoyed the presentation. Uh, Kip? Martha, wow, from the plane. Uh, uh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Oh, well, I'm actually sort of, uh, switching careers. <laughs> uh, I quit the magazine a few weeks back, joining some of my boys from our Alpha Epsilon Pegasus days to start a new fund on Sand Hill Road. 
Wait, you're you're a VC now? Uh, uh, yeah, focused on the uh, workplace transformation space. Listen, Martha, sorry, I really need to get going, but let's grab coffee soon, text my Blackberry, it's 2006. He'd stolen her concept and presented her ideas as his own. Martha's mouth went dry, her heart began to pound, and she watched Kip walk away. By the time the conference producer came by to check in... You're on in ten, Martha. Ready to go? Martha knew that she'd been ruined. If she went through with her presentation, she'd be on display before a packed room full of industry leaders who would see her presentation merely an hour after Kip presented all of the same ideas. Merely an hour after Kip had stolen those ideas from her. Taxi! And so, she went home. And that night, by the light of her iMac, she realized that maybe she didn't enjoy her job so much after all. Maybe the missed opportunity that day, Kip's outrageous theft, a violation born of terrible coincidence. I I mean, how often can you control who you sit next to on a plane? Crystallize something for her. She wanted to start her own business after all. She wanted to be seen and respected by her peers. She wanted to be recognized for her totally accurate predictions about the future of SAS. But during the course of the afternoon at that most ridiculously named infrastructure conference, those dreams were dashed. And before long, she was on another plane back to New York. This time for good. This time to marry and move in with Linus Weldrew DDS. She would begin her new life on Roslyn, Long Island while working remotely. Yet another trend she foresaw. Another way in which she was ahead of the curve. But just before I hung up with her on Zoom a few days ago, just before she thanked me for my time, wished me a happy new year and all that, she said, I'm not sure if that day at the conference, when I didn't present my ideas, that may have been where it all changed for me. I'm not sure if I've ever gotten my momentum back. (laughs) My new thing is discontinuity, disconnection, selfishness. How could someone with so much passion for her work end up this way? This had to be only a temporary lull for Martha, right? And it was in the wake of this conversation that I realized the hard work of innovating in your business is not merely a professional decision, transforming your company and inspiring your team along the way. It's a personal decision too. We are all in need of some transformation and inspiration from time to time, aren't we? Live from tomorrow, we'll be back after a short break. The need to think about transformation, about innovation in business and tech has emerged as the big theme of this show. These are the fields where so many of the folks we talk to, all of whom are building tomorrow, work. And in this particular industry, software as a service, there has never been a time with as much change and as much innovation as right now particularly as the world's largest companies aim to work with and work like nimble, agile startups. So it was my great pleasure to sit down with an expert, as we always do in this part of the show, in the fields of both SaaS and corporate innovation. All right, folks, I am very excited to be sitting down to chat with our guest today, Olivia O'Sullivan, the Director of Corporate Innovation and Partnerships at Excelprise. Olivia, thank you so much for being with us here today. Ah, Thanks so much for having me. Excited for this chat this morning. 
Accelerprise, well, before we even get into it, I was going to ask you about SaaS trends, software as a service trends, uh, as you see them, but it might be good to take a step back and explain to our listeners just what Accelerprise does and how it is a leader in the SaaS industry. Yeah, definitely. So Accelerprise is a top-rated B2B SaaS accelerator and fund an innovation group. So we're headquartered out in the Bay. We have an office in New York City, which is where I am based, and then one up in Toronto as well. Our focus is really on being the go-to platform for founders in the B2B space from zero to sustainable. And we define, define sustainable internally as Series A and beyond. My job focuses on corporate innovation specifically. So I spend my day talking with CIOs, CTOs, heads of innovation and digital transformation about how they can better tap into the startup ecosystem and ultimately build out sustainable innovation practices at their own organizations. So that is us in a nutshell. Now, is corporate innovation an oxymoron? The more time you spend in the space, have you found that it's possible? Oh, this is a great question. Innovation in the most simple terms is about solving problems in new and different ways, about you know new and different opportunities. And The reality is when you're doing things in a new and different way, you're bound to fail. You're bound to get things wrong. So risk tolerance and the ability to fail become essential. When we think about new opportunities, this requires the ability to react quickly to changing customer needs, you know, emerging markets, technologies. So speed and agility become increasingly important. And above all else, great innovation requires both creativity and safety. I truly believe that people are able to do their best, most creative work when they feel supported. And the unfortunate reality is there are a lot of hurdles for corporates, if you think about those above sort of key pieces, public companies are expect are expected to deliver on short term KPIs, you have processes and organizational structure that are hierarchical, have a lot of bureaucracy, which means they're limiting, you know, speed and creativity and autonomy. And there's a lot of aversion to risk. Now, you wrote this really, really excellent piece just last week um, called How to Innovate Today While Planning for Tomorrow, What Every Enterprise CIO Must Know. How do you innovate today while planning for tomorrow? Because today is so messy, so complicated. But as you point out in the article, if you're a legacy institution, you're dealing with a lot of today. <laughs> you, have to, you have to take into consideration today. You're not a startup. There's no sort of blank slate from which you're working uh, and so this quest for tomorrow is exciting, but but you you need to you need to incorporate today in that. And today can be big, scary, sort of uh, monstrous. What does it mean to uh, to keep in mind today as you build out for tomorrow a- as a CIO? So I will I will steal some some knowledge and and wisdom from Arthur Orduna, who is the CIO at Avis Budget Group and has been a CIO to, at a couple of other organizations and. He spends a ton of time talking about sort of this 30, 60, 90 day framework for innovation projects, but then more broadly, 
thinking about innovation in different horizons, which I'm sure anyone who's listening to this has heard of, you know, McKinsey's famous three horizons of innovation, having an understanding of what are the core challenges faced by all stakeholders, especially individuals who are responsible for a P&L statement. And thinking about how do you get some quick wins on the board? You know, how do you continue to solve issues that your business is facing right now? If you go immediately to sort of big long-term plans, you risk losing support from your organization. If you're thinking about exploring new businesses or totally new opportunities that could be businesses in 5, 10, 15 years, your company is going to be knocking on your on your office door saying, hey, you know, where's all this money or time or resources that we're investing? Where is this going? So being able to take action and solve problems and challenges that people are facing today might be 80% at the beginning of where you're allocating your resources. And 20% then are going to be thinking about these major innovation projects in Horizon 2 and Horizon 3, things that are in adjacent industries, you know, new business models, or things that are totally disruptive. You may have people who are entirely focused on this incremental innovation of just improving the business, solving current day challenges. Maybe you have a separate group that's really thinking about you know, what's new, what's next? How do we think about what's going to be our billion dollar business in the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years and operating those at the same time so that there is ROI, you're getting those quick wins on the board, people are getting excited, they're seeing the impact of the work that, you know, CIOs and, and innovation teams are doing while also ensuring that they are allocating resources uh, for the future. Because this year, if it's any, you know, example, things can change so quickly. My grandmother is getting groceries delivered. And that was something that she probably never would have done had it not been for this crazy pandemic, but makes us realize that customer needs, the shifting market, technology changes very quickly. And we need to make sure that we have positioned ourselves to be able to pivot for those future facing opportunities. Live from tomorrow, we'll be back after a short break. While the word tomorrow is in the title of this show, I'd like to think that we give some thought to today, at least in the first two segments of any given episode. (laughs) And Olivia's idea that in these major institutions you can't plan for tomorrow without acknowledging today, well, it's more than an idea, it's a fact. Big corporations have legacies and rules and processes that mean you can't just start from scratch. You must acknowledge today while still planning for tomorrow, even if today can feel just overwhelming. When the world enters what starts to feel like a post-COVID phase, if the world enters a post-COVID phase, we will have to factor in all of the difficulties, the messiness, the pain and joy of today, even as we plan for tomorrow. And if, in a year's time, let's say, we're headed back to the office? What do you think, Martha? Just a few blocks from Rockefeller Center. The location is amazing, Mr. Nelson. That's not it. Uh, And the space is beautiful. I'm I'm just wondering. Martha will choose her words carefully. She isn't sure how this meeting, one of those awkward not-quite-job interviews for a not-quite-full-time consulting position because she's very much not quite a millennial or younger, is going. And she wants to make a good impression. The whole space is being promoted as a place where you can hatch the businesses of tomorrow, 
But what's your plan for working with today? In this future, today is going to be even more complicated. I mean, think of all the conflicts that are only growing, of all that modern businesses are being forced to figure out. It's like this big, unwieldy monster. All massive, discordant problems stitched together like something from a B-movie lab. The issues of today are what many C-suite executives avoid talking about as though it were a damned urban legend. I saw with my own two eyes. The problems looked right at me. A planet on fire, a trade war with China. Businesses have too much to face today. Today's a beast, a cruel, merciless beast. Gender equity, shorter work weeks, concern for all stakeholders in a corporation, customers and employees alike and not just shareholders? How do you deal with today? These problems won't solve themselves. Yeah, I seen today. And all I know is, tomorrow can't come soon enough. Mr. Nelson will nod and smile, considering Martha's question. It's a good question, Martha. If we want to innovate today and still plan tomorrow... We're going to need to work with somebody who knows how to address the problems of today. Freddie Gilliam, Chief Innovation Officer here at Infrastructure. It's a pleasure to meet you in person, Martha. Maybe the days of Zoom are finally behind us. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, great to meet you too, Freddie. And... Well, this is going to date me a little, but I remember the conference this company was named after. Mom, can we go, please? Oh, honey, just a second. Ah, and who is this? I'm Clarissa, and I'm not a child. Jesus. Uh, Clarissa, there's no reason to speak to Mr. Gilliam like that. There's not? He sort of put a target on his own back. No. He seemed super lame. Okay, okay, someone's out of practice being with other human beings. (laughs) Too much time indoors for the last year. (laughs) In this scenario, where Freddie Gilliam opens a corporate co-working space financed by Infrastructure, a, yes, SaaS company launched in the wake of the successful conference from the mid-2000s, Martha is the ideal person to join the team. Working between corporates and startups in an industry she's long loved, no less, this is her chance for a new and exciting job. Mom, can I have 20 bucks? Just one minute, Clarissa, please. Ugh. And to think, I almost tagged you in a photo for the Cool Moms of Nassau County Insta feed. I, 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 I'm sorry, Freddie. She's a teenager. Not to worry. I get it. Some days are harder than others. Martha will nod. But then she'll realize all days are hard in their own way. Sure, that day will be especially tough, what with having to schlep Clarissa into the city on the train and make sure that Julian Frothmore, their terrier, took his pill, that Fido, their neighbor, would keep an eye out for the FedEx guy, that Linus made it to Village Hall to pay his parking ticket. Then Martha will have time to check her own look in the mirror and wonder just when the heck her mother started staring back at her, wearing her clothes. That day would be tough, like all today's. But Martha will know that When it comes to working with corporates, you need to incorporate those todays into your plan for tomorrow. You know, Freddy, today is a monster made up of seemingly innumerable problems. But piece by piece, with the right strategy, we can sort through the priorities of the present to build a better future. Because it isn't only about the technology. It really is about the right strategy coupled with the right tools. There. She will say it. It will have taken her well over a decade, since that awful day at the conference when stupid, deceitful Kip was stupid and deceitful. But she will say it. It will sound so simple when spoken aloud, 
the right strategy accompanied by the right set of tools. Let me guess, you're a SaaS expert, right? So if we all just, what, slack each other all day, make sure that our office is communicating properly, that if payroll is being processed easily, the world becomes better, that today's problems are solved in time for tomorrow? Well, not quite, but... But Martha will want to say yes, basically. <laughs> if a business can run more efficiently, aided by software, then it can attack each problem in a strategic manner. And then the innovation, that which we are all so excited to adopt, can begin. It's not magic, Martha will want to yell from the top of her lungs. It's strategy. It's the three C's. Continuity, connection, collaboration. Whoa! Did you all feel that? What the? Look, out the window. Yes, in the near future, the problems of today will still feel overwhelming. Monstrous. We should probably all just stay put. We're in the safest place on Earth. We're in a co-working space, just as God intended. Look at today. Comprised of all sorts of problems that need to be resolved. Massive student loan debt. A disturbing, lethal dependence on oil. Thousands of businesses closed during the pandemic. But where others will see only the scary bits, Martha will walk right out onto the street, stare up at today. Mom, what are you doing? Don't worry, honey. I got this. And take care of it the way she's long known how. Here we go. Continuity. Connection. Collaboration. Let's start a 30, 60, 90 day framework. What is she? Is she slacking that thing? It seems to be working. She's coming up with a plan to break down today's challenges so that she can innovate tomorrow. She's using a successful SaaS product, sure, but that's only a tool. Look at that strategy. Sorting through essential needs versus nice-to-haves. Just watch as she prioritizes and takes this thing apart. Yeah, that's my mom. And pretty soon, you'll all be able to see her at Cool Moms of Nassau County. Just saying. Martha will know not just what lies in store for the future, but how to get to it, as she always has. And she will also know that without that day, without today, with Clarissa at her side, and Julian Frothmore, their terrier, having taken his pill, and Fido, their neighbor, keeping an eye out for the FedEx guy, and Linus making it to Village Hall to pay his parking ticket, and Martha checking her own look in the mirror and wondering just when the heck she became so damn wise, she would not have been able to plan for tomorrow. Corporations, heck, all kinds of innovators, need to address the issues of today while planning for tomorrow. That much has been made clear with this unusual monster sketch. <laughs> and as I said, big corporations have legacies and rules and processes that mean you can't just start from scratch. But no person can start from scratch either. The problems we face are innumerable. But if we don't address them head on, we can't move forward. If the hard work of innovating in your business is not merely a professional decision, but a personal decision too, well, I stand by what I said. We are all in need of some transformation and inspiration from time to time, aren't we? 
and today it was just, oh, it was just growling at you with all of its problems. And you were like, watch out, here come the three C's. <laughs> Clarissa. Solve this problem, solve that problem, and boom. Oh, what's that? It's tomorrow, which I was already planning for while breaking down today. Yeah, well, thank you, sweetie. I t- Wait, can you reenact the part where I just started using Slack? Oh, of course. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, that's our show, folks. I want to thank our guest, Olivia O'Sullivan, our cast, Mark Levy, Kelly Quinn, Anne Veal, Matthew Walters-Bowens, and Raleigh Williams, our composer, Ben Easton. I am your writer and host, Matt Hooper. Please follow us on Instagram at Live From Tomorrow Official, and I will catch you all next week. Thanks, folks. Thanks, folks.